This is a broadcast of SmallCapVoice.com, a financial communications and investor relations firm. SmallCapVoice.com receives payment for investor relations and financial consulting services that it provides to its clients. You should assume that officers, directors, and employees of SmallCapVoice.com or financial analysts mentioned and their families hold a position and intend to trade in these securities for their own accounts. This is not an offer or recommendation to buy or sell securities. Information in this broadcast is presented solely for informative purposes and is not intended to be nor should it be construed as investment advice. As in all investments, an investment in a featured company carries an investment risk. Listeners should review the company thoroughly with a registered investment advisor or registered stockbroker. This broadcast does not purport to be a complete study of the featured company or other companies mentioned. Information used and statements of fact have been obtained from the featured company and other sources but not verified nor guaranteed by smallcapvoice.com as to completeness or accuracy. Such information is subject to change without notice. You're wired in smallcapvoice.com. Following is a presentation of smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support. Now, with your online business briefing, smallcapvoice.com's Stuart T. Smith. Welcome one, welcome all to this online business briefing brought to you by smallcapvoice.com. And as you just heard, I am your host, Stuart Smith, and we're welcoming back to the show TerraTech Corp. The company's traded on the OTCQB under the ticker symbol TR. TC, and we're joined once again by the chief executive officer for the company, Derek Peterson. Derek, how are you today? Stuart, hey, I'm good. Thanks for having us back on again. Absolutely, Derek. Thank you for taking time to speak with us. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. And as you know, I speak to your shareholders. And we have been discussing the slow decline in the price per share for the company here in the summer of 2014, which I represent multiple companies. This was not exclusive to TerraTech. It seemed like a slower summer than usual. Uh, in the face of some terrific news and filings by the company, the price still seemed to decline. What's your take on that, Derek? You know, it's always hard to say. You know, Wall Street's become more of a trader's market than it has an investor's market. That's just something that I've experienced you know, with my, my decade of having worked in the industry. And you know, summertime is always particularly tough because a lot of people are vacationing. They're in the Hamptons. They're away from their computers. And... It's generally a time where volumes tend to dissipate and, and that type of thing. But, you know, we're, 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 we're more focused on pushing the business, developing the business model, and running the day-to-day operations. And, you know, I'd like to say we, we focus on the stock price, but we don't make a habit of focusing on it from day-to-day. And I said before, shareholders are happy with me a couple years down the line, and I've done my job, not necessarily what's, what's happening in the markets from, from one month to the next. Absolutely. And the company does operate itself as if it was thinking just along those lines. You've put an incredible amount of time and energy into Edible Gardens. Now, Edible Garden, again, the subsidiary for the company, I talked about the incredible news throughout the summer. They really were the darling. Give us an update on some of the things that happened, such as Kroger, AMP. These are some massive chains that have come on carrying the Edible Garden line. You know, it's been a real fortunate time for us, and, and we thought the market and we thought the industry was going to start leaning towards local producers of produce and stop buying stuff from Canada and South America and the imported produce. And that's been a great opportunity for us to get embedded in a lot of these major retailers is because they have buy local mandates. And, you know, Walmart's a great example. Everybody likes to criticize Walmart for a lot of different reasons, but they've put a buy local mandate initiative out to all their produce buyers, which has given companies like ours an opportunity to create local jobs, to 
produce local product and to sell into the local footprint. And we're hoping to expand our relationship with them, you know, in the in the throughout 2015 as well as some of the other major retailers. So because of that, it's been a great opportunity for us to expand the Edible Garden brand, get into a lot of major retailers. And once we're in there, we have a, a huge opportunity, if we perform well, to get into more and more retail chains within their footprint and produce additional products to sell and broaden out our our bandwidth within that particular sales channel. So it's been a great summer. It was a great year to date for us to push the Edible Garden line. We're happy with the progress that we've made, but we're now shifting from top-line growth and uh, retail expansion. Not that that's not going to be a focus going forward, but our primary focus going forward is reducing the cost of goods and turning the company into a position where it can, uh, it can produce a profit for us and hopefully a healthy one. Well, the numbers are getting healthier as we speak. Going back less than a month, TerraTech releases corporate update in 2014. Q2 Financials reports over a 450% increase in revenue. And a large part of this was due to some of these efforts back in 2013, uh, you know, such as Edible Garden. And I want to move on to another one here in a moment, Vaporin. Let's talk a little bit about these numbers, though, and the drivers behind them. You did a good job here in the press release. Listeners, use that ticker symbol TRTC, but let's get it straight from you, the CEO. What did you see as some of the most important factors in this press release, Derek? The primary driver for us for, for most of the year to date has been the, the Edible Garden Division producing for us. You know, all the other efforts that we've been making, whether it's the effort in Nevada, uh, the stuff we're doing down in Florida, the strategic relationships that we're doing with Vapor, and these are exploratory items um, that are you know, hopefully coming online in 2015. Uh, and will you know add to value from that standpoint. But as of right now, for 2014, our main driver has been the Edible Garden, the locally grown produce sales, and the expansion of that particular retail footprint across the U.S. Well, you brought up two subjects I want to move on to, so let's start with those. Nevada, give us an update there. Well, the nice part is everything's submitted. It's behind us, and we're now in a waiting game. We think the early part of November is where we'll start to hear back from the state in terms of who they're issuing licenses out to, and We've, we've put in eight different applications in multiple districts. We've put stuff in through uh, Washer County, which is kind of the Reno-Sparks area. We've put applications in, in unincorporated Clark County, and we've also put an application into the city of Las Vegas. So in total, it represents eight different applications, ranging from production extraction facilities to cultivation facilities, as well as retail dispensaries. Now, moving on to Vapor, and who you also mentioned, they entered into the medical cannabis industry through an exclusive distribution agreement with your company, Terratech Corp. What do you think of this relationship? What are your hopes for it? It sounds like this is something that you hope to see uh, reaping of benefits of it in 2015? Yeah, there's a lot of e cigarette manufacturers out there. There's a lot of vaporizer manufacturers out there. And what we liked about the team over at Vapor and was. They're actually not trying to put out a commoditized product. They're actually putting a lot of effort and energy into developing a product that separates themselves from the pack. And they originally reached out to us knowing that I own a dispensary and knowing that we've got a lot of relationships throughout multiple markets with dispensary owners. And they wanted to make sure that they were developing a product that was very well suited to what the retail user ultimately wanted. So one of the things we've done for them to date is we've taken all of their products and distributed them around and not only our different employees that are uh, at the different uh, retail facilities that we have relationships with, but also the actual patients as well. And we spent a handful of weeks soliciting feedback. And we've uh, digested that, put that into a uh, written document, submitted that back to Vapor, and they're making production adjustments based upon the responses. 
it's that type of on-the-ground intelligence that's going to allow them to build a product that's better than anybody else's out there, and that's, you know, that's our opinion. What we hope to accomplish is when we get that product to a level that we feel completely comfortable that it's better than anybody else's, is we're going to assist them in selling that throughout these different retailers, throughout these different markets, and that will hopefully add to both the top line and bottom line for, for Terratech in, uh, in 2015. Well, Derek, in looking at your press wire and what the company has been working on here in 2014, there's a lot of different directions we could go here in this audio interview, whether it be Florida, NRT, NRTI, and Lab, uh, some other updates that the company has given us. But from your vision as the CEO from the top of the mountain, give us what your core focus is going to be here in the remainder of 2014. Yeah, as, as I said earlier, our focus is to continue to build the Edible Garden Produce brand, to continue to get into more and more retailers, to continue to develop products that, that can broaden out our offerings to expand the brands that we have in the existing retail footprints. And then to work and heavily focus on reducing costs associated with our production to get the thing cash flow positive. That's the primary motivation because we've built a nice top-line revenue number. It's an out time for us to focus on, on, on what falls down to the bottom line. We've got this NB merger that we just announced that we're trying to get closed up by year-end, which will help add, and it's a very accretive transaction for us. We hope to be able to put out some more uh, more correspondence to shareholders in the coming weeks about where we're at in terms of uh, process and progress. And uh, we're really, our broader perspective is we're trying to get as many permits to operate medical cannabis facilities throughout the United States and multiple markets as we're, we're able to get. A lot of states have residency requirements. A lot of states have prohibitive factors built into their legislation that don't allow us to own the particular facilities. So what we're focusing on now is, you know, putting in applications, building out processes, working with legislative bodies to try to get permits through markets that we're able to compete in. So Florida's a good market. New York's a good market. Um, Florida will know in November will become a better market, hopefully, if the, uh, if the, uh, if the legislation passes to broaden out the medical program. So our macro perspective here is not only to run and, and, and make more lean the Edible Garden Division, but at the same time to lock down as much permitted real estate to conduct medical marijuana operations as we can possibly lock down over the coming months. And then we're, you know, as I'm always asked, we're going to make that critical decision at some point in time. When do we cross that green line? When do we actually engage in the production, manufacturing, and distribution of, of medical cannabis, you know, under state guidelines and under state rules and regulations? You know, we're having board meetings and a lot of internal discussion about that as, you know, as we speak. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to, uh, to have some clarity and provide some clarity to shareholders because I know that's a consistent and constant question for them. But, listen, we wouldn't be working to go down this road if we didn't feel like the legislative wins were at our back and the political wins were at our back. Because we do, we're likely going to make that decision, you know, in the not-too-distant future, whether that's, you know, two weeks or whether that's, you know, 16 months. I'm not sure yet. A lot of it's going to depend on what the particular environment looks like at a time where we're actually issued a permit to conduct this business. We're taking that day by day. But, um, you know, we're happy with where things sit right now. We're happy with the, uh, the core base that we've built for the company, and we're trying, again, to work on getting it leaner at this point, develop significant opportunities, and look for creative transactions to use the, the, the capital that we've been able to, to raise and the war chest that we've built for purposes of building the company. 
Derek, thank you for that. That was an excellent summation of where the company expects to be here in 2014 and beyond. And listeners, as Derek pointed out in the outset, you know, it's been a rough summer for a lot of companies. Uh, but more than that, this company is saying to its shareholders, stay tuned. This isn't a one month, a one week deal. You know, judge Derek by the performance of the company one year from now and even a year beyond that. Well, I want to thank you once again, Derek, for taking time to speak to us here at smallcapvoice.com and of course your shareholders. Thanks, Derek. Thanks again, Stuart. Take care. All right. For Derek Peterson, this is Stuart Smith saying thanks so much for listening. Smallcapvoice.com, today's leader in investor relations, capital formation, and retail support, provides its clients with the highest level of service. Our audio interviews are disseminated to one of the largest opt-in audiences available today. How? We at smallcapvoice.com believe in aligning and affiliating ourselves with other leaders within the investor relations community. By sharing resources, each affiliated firm is made that much stronger and each client is served that much better. Our focus is to identify and provide the very best financial services and solutions available to clients and their shareholders. For more information about our services, please call us at 512-267-2430 or visit us on the web at www.smallcapvoice.com.